you for joining me once again on the Coaching Life podcast. Very happy to be spending some time um, with my guest today. He's someone I've seen around in the Three Principles community for a few years, and I've heard him on a few podcasts and coaching live and uh, on podcasts as well. I've even seen and heard him in various recordings of like Michael Neal events and three pre-conferences and stuff, but we'd never actually connected before until today. My guest today is Piers Thurston of Making Change Work and Feel Happy Now. Piers is based in the UK. He's a full-time coach, been coaching for 16 years um, and uh, work with both individuals and organisations. But other than that, Piers just looks like another coach who's just getting on with it. So let's see what just getting on with it looks like for Piers. So welcome, welcome. Hi Phil, Hello. pleasure to be here. Thank you. So tell us a bit about your journey, what got you into this profession? Uh, well I think I'd always been interested in people, human beings, I'd hear my dad talk about business and family members and people always interested me. Um, and I, I contemplated doing psychology at university, but I didn't. I did law. Um, came out of law, realized it wasn't really for me. Was lucky enough to get sponsored by a company doing innovation for drinks, brands. Um, and I got fascinated by how brands sort of look at how humans think and then try to play to that. So I, that's where I started off in brand innovation, um, both client side and agency side. And, and then I realized that actually lots of lovely ideas were coming out of innovation, but organizations were somehow getting in the way of implementing them in their true form. And I got fascinated to how businesses seem to shoot themselves in the foot and get in their own way. Um, and uh, I then got, and then I then came across, well, I did a bit of training and counseling and realized that wasn't really for me. And then I kind of, this is about sort of 1998, 1999, uh, I came across coaching. Um, this is a sort of an American thing at the time, you know, life coaching. Uh, and I came across NLP at the same time. And I thought, wow, this is fascinating. I love it. Um, so I thought, I'm, I'm a young man. Let's give that a crack, you know, and I set up a business. Um, first of all, I was doing private client coaching, just personal. And then I um, got back into the corporate world again, the commercial world again. And um, I, I look back to this day and think, I'm just so grateful this is a job. You know, I don't even see it as a job. You know, um, I get to improve myself, continue to develop and hopefully do that to others and make a living out of it. So, um I mean, there's been lots of evolution within my coaching um, over the last 16 years, but that's that's the nutshell version. So what was that like? You know, you say, right, so you set up a business. Was that um, sort of jumping off a cliff? Um, how, how how did you make that work? Well, it, 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 <laughs> as with all wonderful things in life, I, I don't remember there being a decision. I, there must have been, but... Because you know, I didn't work at the company I was employed with anymore. I started working for myself, so there probably was a decision. But it just felt like I want to give that a go. Um, and at the time, you know, I wasn't married. I didn't have any kids. I didn't have a big mortgage, so I was like, well, I, I can probably afford to do this for six months and see what happens. Um, and I quickly realised that I didn't want to focus on making money out of it to start with. I mean, I was charging clients, of course, but I thought, well, if it, if it's successful, 
if people find this of value, then surely you'll make a living out of it. Because yeah. back in those days, coaching wasn't that established. So I remember a mate saying to me, he said, so you just sit and talk to people and then charge them. I said, well, yeah, I guess I do. But, you know, I had a law degree, so I guess that's what a lawyer does as well, right? A lawyer sits and charge, yeah. talks to people and then charges them by the minute, you know? So, yeah, I'm doing the same thing as a lawyer because we were just talking about life. I go, well, I know. But so I just thought, let's see what happens. And after a few months, you know, clients said nice things about it and genuinely not I don't think they're just being polite so I thought wow this does this does make a difference to people and then it sort of went from there really I mean there's been lots of bumps on the road I'm not saying it's easy but um, it's simple hmm. how different is it now well, well how it's different now I guess is um, what I'm doing now is different as a coach so I suppose if you are watching from afar and not really listening, it might look like I'm still doing the same thing, which is sitting down and talking to people yeah. and talking about life and human beings. But actually, if you listen to a little bit more, you go, actually, it's very different. So I'm no longer trying to help people work out what to do with life or um, how to manage life or things like that. We're just having a conversation about how life works, how human beings work. And when people start to get a fresh realized understanding of that the whole how to do life bit seems to make a lot more sense to them and they have their own clarity and resourcefulness um of course we're talking about how humans work in the context of life because that's the only way to make it tangible for people mm. but i'm no longer trying to help them um work out the best goals and the best career and the best relationships and the best way of managing their stress and their anxiety they are some of the outcomes you'll get but the conversation is much more upstream because it, it it amazes me you know every time it happens really that when someone sees for themselves the truth of how the system works that stuff just becomes a lot more obvious to them right and um it's no longer what they want to talk about. Whereas they did start with when they, in the first session, they might be talking about, well, I've got you know, a list of five things and some goals to get to. And, um, so it, it's actually quite different. And, and the nature of the change is different. You know, it's, and I know this is just a trite word, but it's transformative. So people will say things like, you know, I, I, now I see this, I can't not see it. it, yeah. it, it it's something I've got till the day I die. It resonates with every cell of my body. It's, it's not just a nice tool or technique or a patch to get me to the next bit. Um, and it's much more of a conversation between human, two humans talking about being human. I just happen to have a perspective on that I didn't used to have, which I share. Yeah. So at one level, it's very different. At one level, it probably looks the same because it's quite nuanced. So it looks the same from the outside. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm sure we'll have coaches listening to this just starting out. And I, I'm always um, wary, cautious. And what I hope will come out of these series of conversations is, is um, well, possibly variety. Maybe there will be some themes that come out. But um, how are people finding you? And how are they finding you or are you finding them when you started? And also, you know, having been coaching for 16 years, um, I'm sure that, that helps too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how, how are people finding you? Well, now mainly and because this stuff's not massively googleable you know if you put in three principles people don't put that in anymore they, they, they don't know to put that in so mm. you, it's not really googleable I, I mainly get my stuff through referral now um and a lot of my work was with businesses 
and you know one business will say to the other, "We should talk to peers or whatever." So it's mainly referral now. Um, now, for it, when I started, um, I was quite lucky when I started because the internet was just starting to grow. So I, I got a website, and it was on number four in Google within about <laughs> two months because no one else was doing it, right? So I, I got quite a lot of stuff from the web. Um, but those people had to know about life coaching. Right. Uh, I, London Life Coach, I was very, very well optimized for. Um, now I'm not anymore because I haven't bothered with my SEO um, because that's not really how I operate now. I'm not about trying to get business that way. I'm getting business now through meeting people, referrals, cup of coffee, that kind of stuff. Uh, and they look at my website as a kind of after the conversation just to try and remember who what it was about I mean I, I do get a bit of incoming um, through the web but most people then get put off by my fees because compared to a normal coach I'm probably quite expensive um, but I'm not doing normal coaching so that makes sense <laughs> to me um, so you know if, if they're out shopping for a coach you, unless you truly see what I'm talking about I'm expensive and, and bad value now if you really get it then it's opposite of that so um, I, I'm no longer trying to compete at that level. Yeah. Um, but for, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I know how noisy it is out there. So that's one thing I'm interested in. If you're not playing amongst all of the noise, what are you doing instead? That's what I'd really like to bring um, up. Well, that, that's a great question. So I suppose people, I'm having a conversation with someone and what I ramble at them kind of makes sense to them at some level. <laughs> and they, they connect to that, um, what, they, what they see in the conversation we have, and then we decide to coach together. Um, I mean, in, in business, you know, I'm going in and talking about something that is really quite different to what they're normally doing. But it sounds like the other stuff they're doing already. So it sounds like I've just got a spin on it. You know, I've just got a new shiny way of talking about, you know, the same old stuff. And really, it's about getting them to experience, experience in themselves a little tiny feel of this or a taste of this so that they know then the words you're using, which is in your 2D collateral, your website. Oh, that's what they mean. It's not just a spin. So what I'm trying to do is meet someone, have a conversation, understand where they're at that they'll give you their list of challenges and opportunities and then get them to have a feel of what this is, not just sell them the concept of this because that's just 2D. I mean, it, they're not going to put value on that because they think, well, I've got five other people that could do that and they'll probably do it better or cheaper than he will because he seems to be a bit confused about what he's talking about, you know, if they don't resonate with it. So but, is, there, is there a point then that, you know, these people you, the people that you talk to, that you, that you meet, um, be they individuals or or in companies and corporations um i suppose what i'm hearing is that perhaps there is a, i just want you to clarify this for me does it become get to a point where they think ah oh, okay there's they're they they're giving us a sense ah oh, this guy really can help us Yes, and I think you know if I ask my you know sometimes with clients who who have t taken a corporate program from me, I ask them why. Because I had a client that's funny, right? So we, we did quite a lot of work, and and she said about the day before we did our three day leadership retreat, she goes, "I still don't really know what you're going to talk about." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, well, that's interesting." Um, I, just, I, just, I guess I just trust that what you're talking about, you know, it feels to me like it's it's, it's great and it's fresh and it's n new, but I don't actually know what it is. And she had a little wobble for just like 
half an hour and I went well why did you do it because I just trust you right so and actually ask the, pe- the, the the sales the business developments things that go the most easily are the ones where actually you haven't gone into lots and lots of detail about what you're going to do they've had an experience of something you're talking about you fleshed it out a little bit so they at least have a parameter to tell the people what it is but they, but they've just got a, a resonance with it themselves which they probably intellectually don't not even aware of um so the other thing that I've spotted that is a really good idea, which I didn't spot early enough, was a lot of people will say, that sounds brilliant. So you think, great, I'm going to put some business development effort into that. But actually, it seems to then stall or stagnate. And then other ones don't. There's like a travelator of progress. And it's realizing that the people, that are, even though they're saying, great, it hasn't really landed mm. for them yet. So that's why they haven't quite gone to the purchase order or the next bit. Right. So it's really about not just not listening to what they're saying at the surface level. Going, well, they still seem to say it's great, but what are they? Are they behaviourally doing that? Do you really feel that they've got it? You know, it whatever it is. So I suppose I used to then put lots of business development effort into people who probably weren't ready. Or ready sounds a bit judgmental, but who weren't quite resonating yet. Yeah. Oh, that's such an important point. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're you. If we use the word ready, it doesn't always. Uh, yeah. I get where you're coming from with that. Yeah. But, <laughs> get behind. Uh, if we use yeah, if we use the word ready, it's like uh, beyond intellect. That like yes. oh yes, it looks like it makes sense, but there's something beyond that that you're looking for them to get. Yeah, or to at least to see the potential of, and that resonates with them, which is why they're going to go the extra mile to hire me because i'm gonna ask them for the leadership to have three days and they're like well the other guys will do it for a day your hard work <laughs> you know at, at one level so i've now got to convince the rest of the team three days is a good idea so I, i'm t- technically harder work to get into the business so there's got to be something that they see that is over and above the rest of the noise i love this i love i love i, I love this what we're exploring here because to me it is this whole business about I, as a coach, can let go of trying to have it make sense to my client. There's something simply beyond that of them experience it, and then there is that that knowing and that willingness. Then, to yes, continue. true. Because when that one client said, "I don't know what you're going to talk about," I didn't then go and try and convince her about what I was going to talk about. Hmm. I just said, "Did it feel right?" And she went, "Yes." I said, "Cool, we're done then." She went, <laughs> oh. You know, and I said, well, wait and see. You'll you're, you're sing it to see. So, but in the old days, I probably would have gone, oh, let me explain to you what we're going to talk about, you know, and go into the detail and try and get back into the intellect. Actually, she didn't need to be in the intellect because she already was going, oh, should I be worried about this? Actually, it was just come back to that feeling of something resonated, didn't it? You know, and I suppose at one level, you know, you could argue that's a sales tactic, but it's, it, it totally wasn't. It was just pointing to, what was true for her but you could you know it could be heard as one so i, I think you're you know what, what you know what you're asking me is, is bang on right from what you see as well yeah. um yeah and it's 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 quite a hard thing to put on in a five bullet points isn't yeah, it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> it is it's um i almost want to shoot myself for saying it but it is one of those things that you know when you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is so unhelpful when you're starting coaching them. <laughs> um, so, what sort of packages um, do you offer? So, what do they I, look I, like? I work broadly with two types of clients. So, I have private client, which is people you know uh, in their personal life who want to hire me as their coach, 
Um, and I tend to work with them in, in predominantly in a, in a coaching program over probably five, six months type of duration. Uh, and we'll, we'll chat, um, you know, in sessions every week or every couple of weeks as it gets on. Um, and, and I do do the odd immersion, which is, you know, a three day personal one to one with me, but most people find that difficult time. So that, that's the way I do it in private client. And then I work with corporates and corporates are in two formats, either group and team where we take a leadership group or a team and we go away and we explore these principles for three or four days and that's either for a leadership development initiative or actually even more powerfully now I'm finding using that to solve a business challenge or problem mm-hmm. um, so you kind of ask them well, what's the thing that keeps you awake at night what's the thing you'd love to happen in your business what's the thing that's chewing up a lot of your energy at the moment that you really just want a, a non-linear shift on Right. So rather than a leadership development initiative, which often gets put in the budget of if we have enough money, we'll do this or it's a nice thing for well-being, really, really attach it to something properly business. What I mean by properly business is they, there's, there's, a, there's a bottom line that they can tangibly connect to it right. and then say, by the way, the way we're going to get there isn't through business process re-engineering or through IT systems. Well, it might be at the end, but it's about human mind change to get you there. So... Um, and that's fascinating because I think that to me is bringing together well this is taking what this stuff is and putting it right at the sharp end of business performance rather than it being whiffy waffy tree huggy spiritual guy who's going to come in and talk waffle along about you know stuff so um, and, and going back to packages if, if the context is right I'm very happy to do like risk and reward on that for an element of that you know put my money where my mouth is and say okay well if this gets you that business gain i'll take a share of that if you want to um now if i'm doing something very on the personal development front then i'm not going to do that um but i think um to stack to game back to the, the program shape i mean this stuff is is so fundamentally simple it's hard to hear and see so at one level you know you could you could you could talk about it for half an hour and someone has an absolute epiphany but but given my experience of how long it takes people like me to have epiphanies who are a bit thick in the head or a bit too big in the head it, you, you have to stack the odds in your favor by giving it a bit a length of time for people to see yeah because at one level they can see it instantly and at one level the more you see the more you see so it, it has that kind of paradox of being incredibly easy to see at one level but also the more you see there's depth on depth here um and there's an infinite amount to see so the program shape has to balance that i suppose um but you know and then it when it comes back to how do you charge for that well at one level if this does what it often does it's a life changer and and clients will say that and i sometimes feel like if i was charging at the end of the program i could charge five times as much as i'm charging at the beginning because of what value it's brought um so I'm less, as a coach now, I'm less apologetic about my fees being a bit higher. I mean, they still could be higher, right? Um, but I just look about what do I need to live. I don't mean, I'm not saying I live in, on, in a sackcloth and you know, <laughs> um, stale bread. And, and I've just had a change of family scenario where I'm now separating and I have a bigger yeah. commercial um, drive on. Um, and I'll be honest with my clients, I'll say that. I'll say, look, you know, for me to get out of bed to do this, my time is... An opportunity so mm. this is what it's going to cost um 
but I like to try and have an understanding around the value proposition rather than just be a loaf of bread on a supermarket shelf. Yeah, and I and I I've noticed certainly my own tendency and and you know other coaches that I talk to that are not always willing to have that or at least we might miss that opportunity to have that discussion around value because what so what I love of what what you've said here is you know the willingness to explore that so it it, it almost becomes like a no-brainer then if somebody can see the value in you're working with them it, it makes their choice it, so much easier and clearer and it probably required what it did for me and I, I'm still not completely there on it to be honest sometimes a braveness on the coach to take away the because there's a the client often has a taxi meter model in their head yeah. which is okay the coaching program's four months I'm going to get 14 hours of coaching therefore I'll take the program fee divide it by the number of hours and oh you're, <laughs> you're this much an hour right and at one level, I understand why they do that. That's because how lots of the world makes, yeah. you know, adds it up and goes ding, 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 ding. Ooh, you're more, you're 150 pounds an hour more than his, right? And actually, you want to have the conversation about value, right? And it doesn't matter how many hours I'm with you. But at the very beginning of the conversation, and there's some clients where it doesn't matter because you, you're in that space that you're talking about, right? Where it becomes a no-brainer and actually they don't really care, Right? which I often get to my clients about halfway through the program. <laughs> they get to, it doesn't matter how long we have together because as long as I get, you know, if I'm getting the insights, it doesn't matter whether you're with me or not, Piers, I don't care. But at the beginning, when you're in the recruitment phase or whatever the limit you call it with clients, um, they've still got some thinking around that. So I sometimes get in two minds as, should I be meeting them where they're at and understanding that that's how they see the world and therefore I should professionally be helping them with that by just being a bit more transparent on how it works or should I be going, hey, this is value until you see the value, don't sign up? Because I've seen coaches do it in two ways. I've seen some coaches go, this is value until you see that, like you do, you're not ready to work with me yeah. in a kind of man up, and I use that with, with inverted commas around, um, approach, as in commit or, or be a weakling. You know, and, and I've seen <laughs> coaches, I've actually seen an email that a coach sent a client about that, and I was just like, oh my gosh. They basically said to them, if, if you're not up for paying these fees, obviously you're not committed to your life. Um, yeah. It's sort of a horrible, in my mind, a horrible way of recruiting a client. Um, so I, I have, I've had some thinking around that over the last 16 years. <laughs> so I, I guess what occurs to me to ask you then is what is it you're looking from the client then? Instead um, of that, what are you looking for from the client? Well, um, from, a free, from a perspective on fees... Um, I'm looking for them to understand that how what value is for them and maybe free themselves from the conventional thinking that it's to do with time because and, and this often happens you know a few sessions in they start realizing that the value they're getting is nothing to do with what I'm how long I'm sitting in front of them because sometimes I have insights when I'm sitting in front of them and sometimes it'll be when they're walking the dog in the park but it's the direction they're looking in so to free them from thinking, I need to be getting value out of this because I've invested lots of money. Because whilst they're doing that in the back of their mind, they're not really present to the coaching. Mm. And actually to free them from thinking this is a personal development journey, free them from thinking I've got a learning outcome to get to here and just let them turn up as if we were, we were mates in the pub talking about something we don't really care about. Because the more we care about getting somewhere in a conversation, ironically, paradoxically, 
the less we're going to get out of the conversation. So I sort of say to them, look, I know you're investing quite a lot of your time and money in this, but in a way, you've got to let that go a little bit if you can, because that's just going to get in the way. So I'd like them to see that there's a level of trust and resonance in what we're, what we're doing and what I'm up to, that they're going to get a fair value out of it. Um, and the irony is, as I said before, you know, they, well, they'll get that halfway through the program, they'll realize it's not about the amount of time we have together and that'll be, but there's a little, almost, almost feels like there's a little hump at the beginning to get over that. Maybe because our profession's got a bit of, an industry's got a bit of, always getting a little bit of an edge of, I call sharp, not charlatan, but well, maybe, I don't know. So maybe there's a little bit of skepticism around. Yeah, skepticism perhaps, and some cynicism perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, but again, that trust we talked about you know, ten minutes ago. If you've got that, then that inoculates that. And the thing that occurs to me, I can see very clearly, and you know, listening to you, you know, on, on previous interviews and whatever you've done, is you very clearly have that trust and that knowing and that belief yourself. In the work, in, in in this work, oh yeah, and um, that's fundamental, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, and and without, and I, you know, I see it more and more every day, and and that's why you know when the client says, "Well, I'm going to be a difficult case. Can you handle me?" Sort of thing. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, um, I, I I can't guarantee an outcome because I'd be silly if I did because we're all human, but. You know, this is the best thing I can know to, to help you. So uh, it's got to come from your own grounding. I mean, I think if, if you're BSing yourself or the client, that's going to leak. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and if you get insecure about it, um, either your own need for money or whether you can truly help the client, that's going to leak. Mm. So that's why I'm a big fan of not charging what... Because some, you know, when I've heard some coaches in training say, well, charge up here because what you're doing is more valuable than a brain surgeon, you know. But if you don't feel that, don't charge up here because when you ask for that price, it, will, it won't work for you and the client. Yeah, I guess that, as you've, as you've said, that, that then has the focus be back on value. And this is kind of, there's kind of this dichotomy at play here about being very clear at the outset and making your agreement with the client and not being afraid to explore what value would be, and yet this trusting that it is going to be a value. Yeah, I, I see the, I mean, I think there is that. I don't have a problem with the second part of that. The bit I have a challenge with in my thinking, which obviously is, you know, just made up, is it's where to put my business development effort. And so I, I kind of put a filter in. So, so when clients first contact me, whether that's through someone else or through um, cold, I will sort of send them an email back saying, in a very nice way, unless you're willing to pay this, let's not bother talking, right? Now, that's, that's, that's a bad approach at some levels because if you read the textbooks about how to create a value proposition, you should build the value, build the value, build the value, and then say the fee, whereas that takes time, right, to talk, have that conversation. So I, I'm kind of filtering out some people already assuming you know that by, by scaring them off with a number not my number aren't that scary but you know um if you're thinking this is 30 quid an hour and we're going to need five sessions and you know I, I, to be honest I, I could spend time trying to re-educate you on the value of this but i'm probably not going to hmm. 
So um, I, I suppose so. I, I use it as a gauge of where to put my business development effort. But if, if they're still willing to talk after knowing roughly what the number is, then let's talk. So they're already. But that's open. just a way. It's not the right way. Yeah. So so at that point, clearly, because they will have an idea of fee, so they're already open to the possibility that, that fee would be of value. Yes, and and then obviously I'm very keen if if that's in the ballpark to have a conversation about what that truly means. Right. Right. But I suppose at one level I'm filtering out because there's noise in the industry and there's people doing different things that charge less, which is cool, good for them. You know, I don't want them thinking that's where I'm at. Not right. in an arrogant way, just to save both our times. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but but that's something I it sometimes feels a bit clunky for me. I, I, it doesn't, and that's why what's much better, to be honest, is when the client that's referred them has also given them a clue as mm. to the value. They probably haven't even said the cost. They just said it's really worth it, <laughs> right? So that, that that's my 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 ideal is my old client has told the new client this guy is valuable for your business. Get him in, right? And then and then you've occurs to me you've got a you've got a, a leg up already yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit perhaps about what your life looks like as a coach how would you describe it the coaching life for you how would you describe it well it feels very varied i mean it's weird because i'm always talking about the same stuff so at one level it's not but you know because i i i'm lucky enough to work in private client and in corporate you know um there's no routine to it. I work kind of weird hours. So, you know, I've got a client in Australia at the moment. We often do that at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. I did it at 9.30 p.m. the other day with him. Um, I go into London probably two or three days a week, um, whatever. Uh, I do some things on video, some face-to-face. Um, I can pretty much be my own boss when it comes to time. You know, sometimes I'm wearing a bit more of a suit. Sometimes I'm dressed in kind of a T-shirt and boxer shorts that no one can see, you know. Um <laughs> You know, I, I'm sometimes doing some stuff around admin and business development, and so it feels beautifully free and varied. I guess one of the things that you have to keep a perspective on and step back from is when we're busy delivering, we've got to keep an eye on business development as well. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I'll go away and do a three-day program, and I, my week's full, and I think, well, actually, have I done any BD? And then I'm like, well, actually, the BD just seems to work best when it just falls out of what you're doing rather than dedicate. I don't put half a day in for business development. It doesn't feel like that. It, it, it just comes out of it. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing is you still ask yourself that question. Sometimes. And I think I know now when I'm asking myself my question, I've learned now that when I ask myself that question, I'm probably already in a lower quality of mind. So, whereas before I used to think it was a serious question to ask myself and try and do something about it, I now think, well, what, what, what am I asking that for? Um, and sometimes it might be very practical, you know, oh, I forgot to email Bob about the thing he mentioned when we met. Um, so it might be a very activity-based question, which is a good reminder to email Bob because that is business development. But I, I think what I've realized now is it's not delivering business development. It sounds like I might think it's like that. It's not actually. They're the same thing. There's some activities to do to turn what you do to a business development angle, but it's not like there's an activity, really. Uh, I suppose you would analyze it, you could go, well, that was business development, that was delivery, but they, they, they feel very integrated to me. Right. Um, I mean, the, the, there is a bit of it, there is a bit of a drive I sometimes do, 
Um, so like, you know, maybe when it's quarter in August, I might divot stuff on the website or develop a few things. Um, I mean, at, at one level, there's an infinite list of things you could do, but it just seems to unfold. But it feels very freeing in, most of the time, except when you're in a low space um, and lots of variety. So, um, so what does it look like when somebody you know comes to you and they say Joe Blogs has told me that I need to talk to you that you can yeah. help me? What what happens next? Well, I would um, say let's have a chat. So let's have drop me an email. Say let's have a chat on the phone. Uh, I find out a little bit about what Joe Blogs has told them. <laughs> Make sure <laughs> Joe's got it right. <laughs> um, and usually it has. Um, and then you know I give them a little bit of a feel for what it might look like you know in terms of the program and then say let's we meet for coffee and um so it's usually you know let's just have a little touching conversation to make sure it's worth both of us meeting it for a coffee let's have a coffee let's chat about what you want to get out of the program and how what i do could help have that send them a one pager which just basically recaps what i said in the meeting do you want to go for it or not kind of conversation then so um, that does that conversation over coffee then um, and this is this is perhaps where we get into the business of, of is it ever explicit coaching, uh, and, and maybe that's something we'll come back to. But I'm wondering is is there like a a shift, a line that you that you cross? Like so, you, you have this initial conversation over the phone, arrange to meet for coffee, and I know there are some coaches out there who who teach and say right let's put a container around this this is a commercial conversation now i'm going to give you an experience at me they might not be using those words but that's what they're doing they're saying okay this is a coaching conversation and at the end of it i might make you a proposal um let me think well actually that varies so in private client work yes it would be um it would be uh so we'd have the, we'd have the conversation on the phone, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a freebie. Let's just have a chat, blah blah blah, blah chemistry conversation. And then in private client, the way I'm at the moment, it's not always like this. Is we'll meet for a conversation, which will be a bit of a coaching session. And in that, I'm doing two things. I'm really hearing what you want, hear, hear, hear what you want, and then giving you a taste. This thing I talked about earlier, this experience of what the coaching would be like. So that that conversation is doing two things i'm listening i'm intaking and i'm orientating and then i'm, I'm actually coaching <laughs> if you like but to give them a feel for what it's like and then after that if they like it i'll go i'll give you a proposal right um now in corporate world it's a little bit looser than that ironically um where i'll just turn up for a coffee and we'll have a chat and I'm doing. I'm still doing the same two things, but it's le- it's a little bit less. Um, this is the start of something. I mean, it, I, I'm not so overt about it because, uh, in my mind, in a corporate, they need to they need to say that to me, right? Um, whereas in private client, they've already sort of done that. So I, I don't know why I make that distinction, but it just seems to be how it works. It would seem obvious to me <laughs> as well. That if you're, now going, oh yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's already a commercial conversation if you're meeting them you know, in a corporate environment, if it's come out of the corporate yes. environment. Perhaps. It, yeah. Exactly. I think actually well spotted, yes. Um, whereas occasionally you get, when you get referrals, it's usually that maybe a mate of theirs, and I, I want to make sure they don't think it's another mate that's awful isn't it I'm not just doing them a, 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 you know 
it's not a mate's conversation. Yeah. It, I want them to, actually, funny enough, I want it to feel like that, but I also want them to know <laughs> there's a commercial reason why I'm doing this. Right. Um, now, if I reflect back, I'm just going to complicate this ridiculous thing now. But when I was in Oz, right, I moved to Australia for a bit, and I didn't really have any Joe Bloggses referring me, right? So I, I was meeting people from scratch, right? I had no credibility or anything. I was just a punter, right? And I then I started having conversations without any commercial overtones. And actually, I met people through cycling. So I lots of cycling where I was living in Oz. And um, we'd meet on the bikes, we'd go for a ride and then have a coffee. Everyone dressed in lycra and kind of talking about the football <laughs> or the weather or whatever. And then people might, I might, they might say, oh, what do you do, Piers? You know, what are you doing over here? And I'd chat, but as a, as a friend, you know, and then I would just gently talk about what I do. And then you can't help but people get curious about that if they're curious. And then a few more conversations, then we might meet again for another cycle thing. And then, and then I might say, do you fancy having this conversation on a slightly different footing? Do, do you fancy actually, you know, becoming a client of mine? Um, oh, that's interesting. So when I, when I knew no one, I was starting more from a slightly more no pressure conversation. It was just a conversation. But I think now because people I'm setting, you know, they're, they're meeting me as a coach. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's too complicated. No, I think that's beautiful, actually. And I love that example of, because uh, we hear this term over and over again, it's a long, it's a long game. It's yeah. A, it's, a, you know, it's a long game. And you can have those kind of conversations that they're really, they're coming out of just this natural curiosity that can occur in either of us. You might be curious about that person asking them, you know, well, you know, what's up, what's up, my friend, you know, and, and what's, well, what's going on? Um, or they might be curious about what you do and then come back to you <laughs> literally years later. Um, so, and, and I think it's interesting because I've heard, you know, a few coaches that I mentor, they're like, I think I've got myself stuck in the friend zone, you know, kind of thing, you know, that dating phrase. And, and what, they, what they haven't done is they're, they're meeting the person for the coffee. The person's getting that four, five, six times and they haven't proposed to that person. Well, you know, we keep meeting for these coffees and you're finding it useful. Should we take this to the next level? They haven't managed to get themselves out of that. Yeah. So that they, they've, they've stuck, they got themselves a little bit stuck in there and they go, yeah, but, and then, you know, blah, blah. so I think it's important as a coach and it sounds like it's a little bit two-faced, but it's not. It's about going, okay, well, we, we've met, we, we know there's value in what we talk about together. But I am a, although it's just talking, I am a professional, right? So if you were, if you were coming around to my house at a restaurant, I might give you a couple of free meals, but you know, you're not going to have them forever. Yeah, I like the analogy of like, if you were to jump in, if you jump into, if you were to bump into your GP, your doctor, and, um, <laughs> you know, he might, he might ask you, oh, how is your leg or whatever, but he's not going to examine you and, and perhaps sit down and have an in-depth conversation with you right there and then. You probably would, he might invite you to go into his surgery to, to pick up that conversation yeah I, I, and I think other professions do it much better than we do well better they're different you know lawyers and doctors that they probably do um, and I think because we're friendly as a profession well hopefully we are doesn't mean we're friends yeah yeah you can end well, up with a lot of friends <laughs> yeah I do and I've got, I've got some old clients that are friends now I would call them friends um, but there's that really weird blur when you first meet up and you go I think one of them said, are you going to charge you for this? You know, and I was like, no, 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 no. 
<laughs> this is just me and mates now, you know. Um, but you almost have to be explicit a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. Any weird stories to tell us? <laughs> well, I mean, I've got a range of bizarre client situations, which I'm, which I'm not, probably not going to share. I'm not that they would, because they're just probably a little bit too private. But um, I, I have some of those. But I, I think. The weird would come from more my own meaning making and how wrong I am mm. about people. So I've 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 been stunned by people. I love that. And because um, you you can't help or I can't help in kind of making a view of someone. Yeah. And I'm getting better at not doing it, but you know, and then. When you truly, and, and you actually, especially in businesses, you hear about people, God, he's hard work, or you, you, I wouldn't even go anywhere near it, Piers. You, you won't get anywhere with him, or, or her, or whatever, you know. And I used to, my ego used to take it as a challenge and go, right, I want to coach them. Um, and, and now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I do, but if, if it turns out that way, it turns out that way. But I, I suppose what I'm saying is that what, what this isn't weird, but I'll try and say this without saying too many details. There was someone in a group that I was working with, and he was the most unlikely person to see something in what I was talking about. And everyone said, you know, he'll just sit there, like, glazed. And after day one, he, he did. He, you know, he's like, is anyone in? Um, and then there was about 10 minutes in the second half of day two, and he just said this, just the most amazing sentences. And literally, everyone's chair just went, ah. <laughs> As it, I, I, they didn't think it was him. Like, is he even, you know? And then he just went quiet again. And he's like, "Wow!" And um, and our eyes lit up, you know. And it, I suppose that's the kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So it's the weirdness of humans that is so beautiful about this job. Yeah. Because you could go, well, you know, because most of the presenting issues are really similar, right? Sixteen years, I've, I've kind of heard all the presenting issues. <laughs> But still, it's fascinating. So why is it fascinating, right? You know, because in GP terms, there's lots of broken legs and colds and coughs and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's still fascinating. So there's something dynamic and fresh, even though it would sound the same. So I suppose the weirdness of our job is how that's, how you don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. How um, you learn, if you're willing from every single conversation. I sometimes feel at the end of the session, I should go, I'm going to pay you for this one because <laughs> do you know what? That was stunning, you know, what you said. <laughs> I realise commercially that's not a good idea, right? Um, so I, I love working with different cultures. You know, I've got some clients in Saudi. I mean, you know, I've, I've sat there just going, wow. Yeah. That's so bizarre how they see that. Or bizarre in my little world. You know, and actually having to check it. Are you saying that? that wow. So it's like constantly being tuned into Discovery Channel, you know. It, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> so that doesn't really answer your question. I answered a different question there, but there we go. No, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It, it, it's the surprises, the miracles. The, there's a comical aspect of that where um, our expectations are often exposed to us by, you know, not being met, but in wondrous ways. Yeah. Yeah, and how you see yourself in what, 
of course you do because it's you know it's inside out but you see yourself in your clients and you know because you're not really seeing yourself but to do this day in day out is just a blessing yeah um and, and that sounds a bit bollocks yeah, isn't it beautiful. but so, um, <laughs> oh i love my you know on the website homepage. i really truly love what i do but you know, and, and actually, to such an extent that sometimes when I go to social gatherings or at the playground, in, in you know, picking uh, and, and, and the conversations are quite, how could I call them, downstream, they're a bit more superfluous. I, I'd be judgmental if you say it, right? And I almost got a bit arrogant about that. Like, well, I don't really want to have a chit chat because <laughs> I'm so used to having these beautiful, deep conversations with people, and I've forgotten that a lot of humanity doesn't have those conversations. Yeah. So I got a bit spoiled. Yeah. That's my own, my own thinking telling me that. Um, but when you spend a lot of your day having deep conversations, you really notice when it's just a surface thing. So you don't want to talk about Kim Kardashian or anything like that? That's kind exactly, of... right? But then, of course, when you get out of your thinking, you can have a beautiful conversation about rubbish. Yeah. So that's only my own thinking, projecting that they're, t- they're chitter-chatter superfluouses. But um, I think when you listen to businesses talk or whatever and you 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 think oh no wonder they're all a bit jaded because the level of conversation is just not particularly profound right. not that it needs to be profound. you know it's not connected so, so um yeah so sort of wrap up here with a, a, a couple of mm-hmm. questions for you um how do you see then the coaching profession if you ever sort of look at it how do i see it yeah. Well, it's changing. I mean, you know, there was times when you wouldn't even call it a profession, right? When I first started, is it a profession or is it just a fad or whatever? So I, I see, because I, we were talking about this before we recorded, but I don't think what I'm really doing now is what most people would call coaching, right? So I see there's 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 sections of the subsections of the industry that are. are still under the banner maybe of coaching but it's very different like that's why we can't get accredited by the ICF or the AC because what we're doing is fundamentally different to what they think we should be doing or not think we should but you know what I mean so I, I see I see little bits new categories of coaching turning up so that the more transformative upstream mindset state of mind stuff will be different to the more kind of horizontal coaching or the mentoring so at the moment it's all just chucked in that big box called coaching so I think I hope that will sort itself out and the public will become more educated in, in a nice way about what it is so in the old days there's a doctor and he was everything from a neurosurgeon to a chiropodist to a gynecologist you know but now the medical industry has separated that out right yeah. um, and you wouldn't ask a gynecologist to help you with your you get metaphor right I won't go there you know um, so I think hopefully coaching will go like that interesting that would help my marketing job massively. <laughs> so, you know, so you, they say you don't you don't want that kind of coach. You want that kind of coach. Right, right. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like in sport now, they have a coach that helps them with the tactics, a coach that helps them with the mechanics, a coach that helps them with conditioning, a coach that helps them with nutrition, a coach that helps them with tying their shoelaces, whatever. Right. It will be a more specialised field. That's the word, specialised field. There we go. I could say about two minutes waffling. <laughs> cool. Thank you. So, for you, what is your purpose in coaching? Why, um, why coach? Why do what you do? Well, at some level, um, 
I feel like it helps people, you know, and that's that one can argue that's the kind of altruistic, selfless ego bit. Um, oh yes, I'm there to help the world because I'm, I'm not. I don't think I really am there to help the world. It, it 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 seems obvious to me that when people get a sight of this, it helps, right? And it really. So here's the selfish part. It really helps me being able to focus on that conversation for myself. So if you wait, I'm really selfish because I just want to get personal development another way, right? So I I see how people benefit from this in work and life and business and whatever because um, things like compassion and resilience and creativity and connection just pop out of it. And that's lovely to be involved with. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit player and I get something out of it because I, I love the connectedness I, I love learning and I get paid. Um, so so I suppose what I'm up to, to answer your question, is is trying to help someone see what they've already got inside, you know, that triteness, you know, um, and how readily and accessibly available that is in any context uh, and how blimmin' simple it is. And when it's not simple, that's okay too. You know, when, when it looks like the world's a mess, that's okay. And, and not to take ourselves too seriously, um, you know, I, I've got little kiddies and I just, th- th- they've got it nailed, you know, how, how they see the world in that innocence. They don't take themselves too seriously unless they do. And then they really do. Um, and that's okay when you're six. I want that to be okay when you're 46. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. Um, I think <laughs> principles understanding helps you realize that's okay when you're 46, right? But somewhere along the line, we lost that was okay to be up and down, to be all over the shop and then not be. Because when they're creative and connected, they're beautiful, the little kiddies. And when they're having a tantrum in Sainsbury's, they're having a tantrum in Sainsbury's. But they don't care. Yeah. And they yeah. look at you to go, well, why does it matter? And someone says, how do you go on at school today? And they go, well, it was, that was hours ago. You want to know about you want to know about the past? Oh God! Right. So I've got to think about that. so what he wants to know is how was school today? I don't know. I'm in this moment. You know, it, it, and, they, and they want to about the future. They want to know what I want to do on Saturday. Well, I don't know what I want to do on Saturday. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, so that's that's it. I mean, you know. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Piers. This has been so much in this conversation. Um, I'm really looking already looking forward to listening through it again. Um, I, I know there's so much in here that will be of, of, of use to others as well. So thank you so much for you know taking time out and, and, and having this conversation. It's been absolutely really beautiful. And it, and it feels like we only scratched the surface. So yeah. you know, part two, I'm game. Oh yeah, I was just going to say I, I feel like we could we could carry on talking for for hours. Actually, there's so much there. So how how can people find out um, or at least find you? Yeah, so um, I've, I've got, you know, Making Change Work, www.makingchangework.co.uk is my sort of corporate brand. Feelhappynow.co.uk is my private client. And then I have another one, which is PiersDurston.com, which is a kind of just a catch-all one, sort of brand neutral one. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, put Piers Thurston in. Um, I, I ramble a lot on LinkedIn about, it, about this stuff for business. That's my real thing at the moment, trying to get businesses to see a bit more of this. Uh, and I badly link, do LinkedIn posts. I say badly because I've got the people that already see it, liking it, and no one new likes it. Um, <laughs> I say, I've got to change how I do that because everyone who goes, yeah, that's great, but they're all the same people. I'm like, I want new people to like this. Um, so, but do follow me on LinkedIn or whatever, and um, and I'm always up for you if I've got time to have a conversation with anyone curious because it's 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 just what I love talking about, like you do, Phil. That's why you're doing this podcast, and 
I think it's great you're doing this series. Thank I'm really you. looking forward to hearing your other ones. Yeah, thank um, you. And I probably want to redo mine. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Piers. Thank you. Take care. Beautiful. Okay. Wow, there's just there's just so much in there from Piers. What a wonderful episode that was to record. I got loads out of that. Um, I'm sure you did too. So I'm not going to pick out loads of pieces. We're already overrun a little bit on time. Um, I loved how Piers spoke about business development, his, his take on that, and his willingness to explore that during our conversation itself. Um, I, I, I also loved how he very clearly trusts in what he knows and that he can be of help and his willingness um, to talk about value that's certainly an area i know that many coaches would benefit from being more willing to do to explore that and have their clients be much more clear on what kind of value they're going to get they're going to get from coaching Um, and if you've listened um, this far you will have heard peers talk about why he does this, this work that was very beautiful at the end too um, thoroughly enjoying these got some wonderful guests lined up for you I'm so happy that everybody I've asked has agreed to come on come on this podcast um, I'm really enjoying it if you're enjoying it please do head over onto iTunes and leave us a very honest review that will help other coaches discover this podcast too and um, until next time two weeks time um, take care enjoy what you're doing having fun thanks very much for listening bye